Welcome to Relaxed and Free, a clinically-minded, biblically-based counseling podcast. I am your host, Kerry Corley, here with my co-host, Doug Bonebreak. Hey. Yeah. I mean, this is the second interview episode. Yep. With We're cranking them out. Misty Terrell. Yep. Yeah. Um, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Doug Hardy. We've already, obviously, we've already talked about this a little bit. Um, yeah, it's good. We've, um, we've covered a lot of her story. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes to the broader topic of mm -hmm. the, which Misty from the very moment that I invited Misty on the show, she was very excited to talk about that. Yeah. You know, the question. And I feel like we, um, we may we may need to have her back too. Maybe we'll just say this about every we'll interview episode. Yeah. yeah, we'll just do. I next think at rounds. the end of the interview, actually, did you know say I would love to have her back? And yeah. then uh, I've actually spoken to her since the interview oh, as yeah? well. Oh yes, well yeah. And you guys talk outside well, of this? I mean, how dare I you? Mean, I, the nerve! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she said that Jim is actually now interested in coming on the show too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah good. We can uh, ask him about their storm chasing and stuff. He would probably love to talk about that. Yeah. I want to see if he thought my twister joke was funny or if he was, <laughs> if he's like, no, uh, I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not funny yeah, that, at all. That, that might've been funny in 97. <laughs> I don't know when twister came out. Um, it was definitely nineties. It was the nineties. Yeah, so we, um, but we, I don't know that we got to really dive in as much. Um, and it's un, the same unpack. problem that we have it's with the, the same, first interview. It's the same pack. At least, yeah, with, when we talked <coughs> with Lindsay, well, I think it was different between the two. With Lindsay, yeah, maybe we the focused, problem is we just need to get a new host or something. Uh, yeah, let's put out get an this, ad. Get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> get him. Out maybe of here. Google Chris can find us a new host. Just get on that there keyboard. I'll work on it. Yeah. Good. Thanks. I pulled him in. He didn't want yeah. to be in this. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> he wanted to maintain consistency. Um, no, but you know, I think Lindsay, <laughs> we focus high level because we knew her. We've already covered that. And then I think um, Misty was uh, really focused on the story as, you, as you'll see, especially with part two of this interview. Um, she's, she's dealing with this very specific story that the yeah. book then covers. And so, um, that becomes the focus and it unearths yeah. some of the, um, like larger trends that yeah. we're interested in with the, with yeah. the question of the American yeah. church and the mental health crisis. But one we, of the things that I, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I told Misty this, but I would, I would say it if she were sitting right here. So I don't have trouble trouble saying it, but I, I do wish that the book included more of her story. The story that we covered? Like, yeah. Like what we covered? Yeah. Is that yeah. not in the book? Uh, you didn't read the book? 
No, you gave it to me an hour before I, like we did the podcast. Speed read. Yeah. <laughs> you don't read books that fast? No. Jeez. Not, not with any meaningful thing. Unless it's one of Samuel's like children's books. Her book yeah. is very, um, uh, like practical, like what defining what betrayal trauma is and okay. the steps, you know, to heal from betrayal trauma. And some more of a guide than a yeah. testimony. Yeah, I do. I, I think, of course she might come back and be like, you didn't read chapter six. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, whoops. <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> did you, did you not read chapter? Well, no, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, now she can just share the podcast and, people can get her story to that end let's go ahead and get started let's dig in on second part of yep. interview with mrs terrell all right and welcome back uh, misty you were just telling us about um how you came to counseling, how you and Jim uh, made it through those first few days, Mm D-Day, and um, came to counseling, and then your journey uh, began in in the counseling world. (laughs) Did it ever. We're going on six years, coming up on six years here in the next year, so. Yeah, Yeah. and six years is a long time. To it's, be in it's a long term. It's a marathon for sure. Yeah. And like you said, you you mentioned that uh, yeah. on average three to five years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you know this, but really you and Jim uh, meeting with the two of you set me off on my own professional journey in terms of really yes. understanding betrayal as trauma. Yes, I uh, remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I just knew something is not right in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was hyper vigilant and flashbacks association was a big part of my healing journey and how to recover from that. But I was just like, something is not right. And so I came to you and was like, I think I need very specific trauma counseling and I still didn't really know where to go and you were I I love absolutely love that you just displayed so much wisdom by saying it's not me but I know a guy and you referred me out to Dr. Cornine who wrote the wrote a the forward thank you yeah. i couldn't think of the word <laughs> i'm still in a little betrayal trauma brain yeah. mode. I, I can blame everything on that now um but yes he wrote the forward and yeah so he was um had been doing something called emdr which now i mm-hmm. know you have i did so yeah. excited for you to add that to your tools because it's it changed is, my practice it's changed my life yeah. it is it's changed my life too yeah. <laughs> on the receiving end of it and once i started that i just felt like my healing journey really started to take off. I don't think it's for everybody. I I don't know. You may know this better than me, but Jim had a really hard time with EMDR because hmm. his logical, analytical, and his extreme anxiety. Yeah. I'm doing it wrong. Oh, no. They're yeah. watching me. I'm not going to do it right. Yeah. And oh. he could never relax enough. My counselor part is like, I could take that challenge on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. That's 
Yeah. So no, he, yeah, he is, just, it wasn't a method for, for him that worked, but sure, I would say yeah. the majority of people can greatly benefit from yeah, it. And I Jim agree. found other modalities that worked oh, for good. him. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of understanding betrayal as trauma, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that because I think um, when most of us think about trauma, we think of um, a war. Sure. Right? Yeah, that which is trauma. Yeah. We think yeah. of um, gun violence or an accident or mm-hmm. um, that that type of thing, and so most people don't think about affairs. They just right. don't. But in reality, and there's actually been a lot of good research done Mm -hmm. in this area, and the Gottman uh, Foundation is actually doing some Mm -hmm. good research right now. They Mm -hmm. haven't published it yet, but I know they're doing some good research right now about betrayal and its effects on the brain and being similar to uh, other forms of post-traumatic stress, whether that is sexual assault or war or what have you, betrayal. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. It does the same things in the brain. Yeah, which and is just, this is just crazy to me. It, like, it's, I and I'm still so glad trouble. you're highlighting yeah. the brain that it's measurable, mm-hmm. that it's, you can see the changes in the brain because that's so important for people to understand when you look at the whole person, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. But yeah, betrayal trauma is just the result of, of infidelity. Um and that can look a lot of different ways. We're, and it doesn't have to be an actual extramarital sexual affair. It could be an emotional affair. It could be pornography. Just any unwanted sexual behaviors um, done to you by somebody that you trusted. Um, and so betrayal trauma comes in because it's not an isolated event. The trauma comes in when it's been years and years and years of this happening, these patterns happening in your marriage. And so the result of that is having an emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual symptoms. It affects Mm -hmm. every area of your person. Mm -hmm. So so that's why it's so important in recovery that you really find somebody who can see you holistically as a whole person. And when they can't meet the need that they specialize in, they can recognize that in wisdom and say, you, you maybe should go see somebody else or maybe yeah. go see a psychiatrist to maybe help your brain level yeah. out a little bit or go For the see- the biological aspect of Right, yeah. right. And it's just so yeah. important. And that's why- I'm so glad we came to you first because you are integrative and that Mm -hmm. I'm a certified natural health practitioner. So an integrative approach is always, it's like my foundational belief system is. I just say the word integrated and it just makes me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I love that holistic minded approach. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to sex addiction and material trauma, I, it is, it is so imperative that you find that holistic approach. Yeah. And, you know, who do most people go to right away when they have betrayal, trauma, or sex addiction? Any ideas? Who do you think most people turn to in the fundamentalist oh, okay. evangelical I was gonna say, community? You're going to need to give me a community. Oh, pastor. Yeah. yeah, pastor. Yeah. yeah. And so the question becomes you know, how is that pastor going to handle that? Is he yeah. going to see that person holistically or is he going to say, 
you just need to read your Bible more or you need to yeah, pray work harder. on pray yeah. harder, trust yeah. God. They or the worst, like, well, what did you do? What did how did why did yeah. you exactly how like, did you contribute sure, yeah, to his surely addiction? Surely you must have done something to yeah. this poor man. Yeah. 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 Like, and that's oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we'll oh. I'm sure get more into the spiritual abuse that I deal with. I mean, almost 100%. In fact, I in my group of 52, 53 women, I only know of one who said she did not experience any spiritual abuse, and it's because she wasn't going to church. Wow. Only that's one. A, that's a good way to avoid and, it. <laughs> I know. And it's that's so sad. I know. That's sad, so sad. And, then and frustrating. Part of me is angry, too. Yeah, yeah. frustrating yeah. and angry. So, yeah. So, we're, you know, so that... That's something we I deal with a lot is the spiritual aspect of that, yeah. the spiritual abuse that happens to wives. Mm-hmm. You would just be amazed at some of the things. I mean, maybe oh. you wouldn't. You've probably heard it all because you're a counselor. You know the day that I the days that I think I've heard it all, and then I someone know. walks to the office, right? And you're like, yeah. You've got well, to be kidding me. the best one is I think most. I would say a huge percentage. I don't want to give it a number because I haven't actually like sure. gotten data from my group. Doug will appreciate that. I know you would. So is my husband. Let me see some data on that. I'm also, remember, type 7 and verbal processor, so I can deal in broad brushstrokes. Okay. All right. You can can give me a straw poll type of thing. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. That's a deal. Um, But here, you know, they're going and saying my husband has a pornography or a sex addiction of some kind, and then them looking at the wife and say, you just need to go home and have more sex. So he doesn't do that. That would be like telling a crack addict, you just need more cocaine. I mean, there's a complete ignorance, uh, understanding of yeah. addiction yeah. and the brain. And and you've already mentioned the confused state that the betrayed person is in. Yes. And so completely yeah. susceptible vulnerable to, to that. and vulnerable yeah. to mm-hmm. this authority figure, right? Oh, Saying, absolutely. Just do this more. It, absolutely. And right. let yeah. me tell you, you know, the women that I work with are the most resilient amazing self retros like they'll they'll look inward mm. like they're the most amazing human beings right. they are strong women and uh i'm sure there's i i really believe that sex addicts target women who are very strong because we have to be independent in our marriage we're very independent um but most of us have some kind of uh, I would say our own like dysfunction from family. I would say sure. most of us because we we really don't know how to be intimate with our spouse, but mm. they like that. They prey on that hmm. because we don't demand very much from our husbands when we're in active sex addiction. We wow. don't. We we just. I never That's demanded. I just. Yeah. I was so independent. I never demanded anything from Jim, and hmm. so part of my recovery was learning how to stop complying or just stop like voicing my needs and saying, look, what you're doing is not okay. Rather right. than stonewalling him and just be like, fine, live your life and I'll live mine. I mean, that was really my attitude for 17 years. Like right. yeah. I'm totally capable by myself. And that was one of actually the attitudes that God revealed to me of why I felt like he He was calling me to stay in the marriage was because I saw true repentance. Yeah. And I was okay walking right out the door and not dealing with it. Yeah, I was like perfect. And I even I think had so many women will hear that and find power in that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what you're saying, you reminded me of the intro of your book, which I wanted to read because okay. I thought it was really cool. It's yeah. dedicated to the women who are Jesus talking, yep. recovery walking, boundary setting, truth getting, myth busting, little cussing, <laughs> grace <a> seeking, <laughs> weapon keeping, faith holders, living boulder, mountain climbing, fear defying, peacemaking, identity taking, trailblazing, Jesus praising warriors. Yeah. And that's that describes literally every woman I've worked with. Mm-hmm. And some of them are afraid to leave. And some of them have reasons for that. If right. they're being in an abusive marriage, like their mm-hmm. lives are at risk if they were just to get up and start to walk out. Right. Um, but for me, my experience, I remember telling somebody in the church that I was currently in at the time, um, saying, I I'm so I just want to live alone and just be a single mom because really I've been a single mom. I mean, there wasn't a partnership at all in that marriage. So that was nothing new. But I remember her saying to me, Well, you say that, but you don't really mean that. (laughs) And me being like, No, I really do. I mean, I I didn't have a father that was involved in my life. Like living independently sounds so glorious and so much easier to me. Yeah. But that wasn't when I So men had hurt you before. Yes. So when I reflected on that spirit in me, that's when I felt that nudge of, oh, that's why God's calling me to stay. He's gonna be teaching me real relational, emotional intimacy. And it's mm. going to be really hard. It's yeah. going to be really hard because I would have to face all that pain. Yeah. So. so one of the number one indicators, and this is from the Gottmans, one of the number one indicators of um, affairs in marriages happening is not conflict, but the avoidance of oh. conflict. Oh, well, you yeah. just like described my entire 17-year marriage. Right. yeah. And that's what I heard. We you did say. not like, fight. Yeah. Like we'd never fought. We avoided each other. Yeah. 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 So, I, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking is like, that's, that's what I would imagine is like, what's, there's a, there's a phrase or whatever where like you don't, when someone's like loud and yelling and fighting at yeah. you, that seems bad, but it's actually okay because when they're quiet or when they're gone that, is when there's real like that definitely resonates in my story i don't know if everyone has that story but there was Mm. a lot of yelling and slamming of doors after during recovery and it was like i was allowing myself to feel anger for the Mm -hmm. first time Mm. as a seven i don't like to feel angry i'm happy all the time you know i'm joyful and so i had to enter all those emotions that i had just stuffed for my whole life and learn how to deal with it how to walk through it and come out on the other side and give myself permission to feel. Amen. Um, I think what's so hard too for people in counseling is that f- is so hard when you've been avoiding for 17 years. Yeah. That is well, so for hard. for me, 40. 40, yeah. Yeah. F- that's so disruptive to ha- in your mind how the way things should be. Yes. That you're like, mm-hmm. uh, what I'll hear a lot of people say is, this just isn't working. This is making things worse. Mm, right. Yeah. Like this is making things worse. I just want to go back to the way things were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as a as a therapist, I think trying to find a way to be like, <laughs> "Hey, I know things are bad, right? They feel bad yeah. right now, but you're actually <laughs> doing good." 
Like you were making progress because before you were avoiding and now you're digging in and yes, it's hard, but hang in there. Right. Because there's freedom on uh, the other side of that. It's the Israelites in the wilderness (laughs) and Moses. And they were like, we ate better back in Egypt as slaves. Like we should go back. Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you hearing yourself? You want to go back into slavery? Yeah. Like, mm. we, all we have is this manna. All we have is this, <laughs> you know, miracle from the sky. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can see that. There's a, there's obviously a human pattern there where mm. we will tolerate the um, discomfort and even the abuse of the known mm-hmm. instead of the terror of the unknown. Yeah. Mm. I well I was just going to say I think underneath that is fear. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's yeah. the that's the underlying fear and insecurity and yep. just for me just I remember just telling myself renewing my mind and speaking truth even though I didn't feel it I didn't believe it but just trust the process trust the process trust the process. That's so and, great. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. and just believing and it was not easy. I mean, I'd, no. not easy to do that, but um, but now you're fighting everything you've ever known. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious yeah. about the the church angle, right? You said what was the number one thing where people would go if this yeah. happens, and that's the pastor. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the season of this podcast, right? Is right the American church or is the american church in a mental health crisis yes thank yes you. <laughs> I i'm always, so I i'm like so excited about this part <laughs> okay of the park like let's let's just like dive yeah. in yeah you have a whole chapter in your book dedicated I do. to yeah it's um chapter seven the church and counseling mm-hmm. yeah oh. yeah yeah and i actually have another chapter further in the book on legalism and how oh. it impacted my sexuality oh Man, I want to get to all of that. Okay. It was because that was a really big awakening for me. Uh, now there's even a better book that addresses that, a whole book that has good, solid data on fundamentalism and how it affects your sexuality. It's called The Great Sex Rescue. Yeah, I was like, I bet she's going to say this yeah. name. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. So yeah, it's blazing that, through. It was so different. Yeah. I'd already written my book and mm-hmm. written my chapter, and I felt so clumsy when I had approached that chapter because legalism was really something I had to unravel because I hated myself for my very gender. That came out in an EMDR <sighs> session. Like, I'm bad because I'm a woman. Good night. Like, what in the world? And it it's was literally so sh- the antithesis is of what of what God wants yes. for you. Yeah. But yeah. that's what a legalist and when you, you know, your body's bad, cover up. You mm-hmm. know, um, I was taught about my menstrual cycle being a result of Eve's sin. So I was very shameful for the very mechanisms that God created in my body. And it's so his design is so beautiful. But as a twelve like year old hearing taking, that, you right. know. Yeah, it's right. like taking a truth and twisting it yes. to yeah. to just make it a bludgeon. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. weaponizing. It's just yeah. so weaponizing. And That's a better word. Yeah. Weaponizing. Well, <laughs> bludgeon. Bludgeon. <laughs> bludgeon <laughs> from the weaponizer. Yes. It you felt like bludgeon. that. Don't worry. I yeah. mean, I emotionally felt bludgeoned. I mean, if you want to really say that. And so, 
Um, but yeah, so just unraveling and deconstructing. And I know some some people this within the fund, term, I call yeah. it a fundy, the fund, the fundamentalist. <laughs> I, I've point. I don't know if I picked that up or That's what. That's hilarious. But I love the that. fundy, you know, circle, um, you know, they they kind of use that as so negative. Um, when they talk about people who are deconstructing, you know, that is and the, it's a popular term right now. Deconstructing, it is, yeah. yeah. But it ha- it's just been so, so enlightening and so healthy for me to do that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the church definitely is uh, in a mental health crisis. Yeah. I've already answered your question. Is <laughs> the world is in a mental health crisis? Yeah. But I have a question for Dr. Corley before Uh-oh. we dive into this. Yay! I love yeah. answering questions. <laughs> okay, so just to just again to clarify, okay. when you ask, is the American church in a mental health crisis? That's the question, right, that yeah. we're answering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so can you first just make sure we're all on the same page? The church, are you talking about <laughs> evangelical... The evangelicals, the fundamentalists? What, yeah, it's just, a big C church, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> not broken down into denominations, but uh, the bride of Christ. So okay. if if you are a, a church in America that you know uh, believes Jesus is the Son of God, yeah, and uh, in three days He was raised from the dead, and uh, that He died for the forgiveness of your sins, mm-hmm. then you're a part of the church. Right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, All right. Yeah. And then and then in a mental health crisis. So yeah. I want to make sure we're all on the same page of Man, like I love this. mental I health. I absolutely love this. You do? Am I making your day right now? Yes. Okay. This is, this is to, to a T the conversation we had in the first, in the first interview yeah. where he interviewed oh. me. Oh, that's I did so this funny. exact same thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are we nope, repeating ourselves? Nope, we're not. Okay. You're good. Hey, Doug's I, like, this I'm is just, great. This, please Doug feels going. validated. Okay. So, yeah, you just. Okay, so when I, I think it. of, <laughs> when, when Misty thinks of mental health, you know, I think of like anxiety disorders, behavior mm-hmm. and emotional disorders, depression, dissociation, eating disorders. You think of the DSM, the Diagnostic okay. and Statistical Manual. Okay, yeah. great. So paranoias, and then of yeah. course your personality disorders, and it's a huge spectrum. Yeah. Mild to severe, yep. right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when we say, is the American church in a mental health crisis? And the answer is yes. We're covering all those things. So, really, so Misty's answer is yes. Yeah. Misty's answer is yes. <laughs> I don't even yeah. have to hesitate. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're covering all of those things. Okay. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Doug's You're very welcome. So happy. <laughs> I, t- I told him originally that I think we should just define that for everyone. That this is what we mean by the church. This is what we mean by mental health crisis or mental health. Well, yeah, because some people might hear mental health and think like schizophrenia. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I just want to make sure people understand. No, we're talking about even mild anxiety or severe depression, clinical depression, you know, things that you hear a lot of. Just making sure people don't know it's not like hallucinations or. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Which those things happen. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I was in a service. Yeah, I was in a service one time where something like that happened. Yeah, yeah. Someone thought the building was burning. I was like, she was, was the spirit really moving? Holy Spirit! Oh, there might have been a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So yes, it's the it's the big C church, as in as he described DSM five type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then crisis is something we've defined 
you defined as something that needs immediate needs, action. Yeah, it needs immediate yeah. action. Like it needs to change now. Right. It needs to change yeah. yesterday. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. how you said it. That's yeah. good. Well, it's just yeah. so prevalent. I mean, right. it's just everywhere. Yeah. So um, we got we got your yes, mm-hmm. which you know at this point, all of America is basically going to answer the same way. That's um, not true. Not true. I'm just going to say there's some people that are answering differently. That's really? fair. Yes. Yeah. They also think yeah. the building's on fire. Well, right, is so. it people, not that person. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is it people who don't recognize disorders? No. Um, okay. Yeah. I'd say uh, what I, the person that I'm thinking of is older. Okay. She's been around. All right. <laughs> she knew she was, she was in the American church. Okay. In uh, the 60s and 70s. Okay, at the knew, rise of the anti-psychiatry movement in the 60s. So, so, like, knew what it was then, right? Okay. And she has this life history of growing up in the church and see, being able to see where it was and now oh. where it is. Mm. And so uh, she didn't define it as a crisis, you know. So, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All yeah, right. She thought things were better. I'm sorry. I just, there was like a moment of sheer silence as I processed that. I was trying not to laugh really loud. Well, she's, the... she's going to be a guest, right? She is. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, yeah. cool. We'll, you'll be able to I'll hear, get to, hear I love both sides. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And sides. Since yeah. we think and process the same way, I'll answer, I'll ask a bunch of your questions probably. <laughs> you just might. Yeah. Okay, well, so are you wondering how I've come to my conclusion? Yes, I would like to see your work. Okay, <laughs> my work. That's, <laughs> a, that's so a math joke, you guys. Okay. Oh, okay. Remember, you have yeah. the final answer, but you have to show your work. Well, so. okay. Boy, deep cut. We'll just, can you edit that out? Google yeah. Chris? Oh, <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm joking. Yeah, well, so how did you? Chris did just you, made a marker. Um, how did you come, how would you defend that answer? Oh well, I mean, we can just look at statistics first of all on the the National Alliance for Medical Illness. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm just kidding. We know really one, one in five from 2020. One in five, and I bet that was all done prior to the pandemic. I'm sure it's higher now, but one yeah. in five adults in America have a mental illness of some kind, and that's generalized population. Yeah. So, and then I mean, Gen Pop. Jim, I love it. It's like Fundy. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, when we're when we're narrowing it down to the American church, and why aren't why don't I see believers living in victory over mental illness? And yeah. um, you know, the first thing is is Christians are not immune to mental health issues. Absolutely. You know, any more than, because it's not only a spiritual problem. And that's that's what we kind of hit on earlier is so many people think it is. And even pastors of large churches and systems are still teaching that. I mean, I know of a seminary that is still teaching that it's all a spiritual issue. And I think that is so destructive. So it's keeping people stuck in cycles. Well, what's super sad about it is there's not a lot of integration. And what do you, what do you mean by integration? uh, That you would be able to integrate the science side of mental health with 
right. the spiritual side of mental health. So yeah, um, it's polarized, and it's one or the other. Yes, <laughs> which is completely which indicative is, of our society. Which is yes, completely is. indicative yeah. of our society, right? Yeah. That's which what I was going to say. Sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Um, so you have one side of the church that's like all science mm -hmm. and no spirit. Mm -hmm. And you have the other side that's all spirit, no science, and they hate each other. And then you have those of us who are trying to uh, straddle the fence, right? Yeah. And they're like, let's, hey, let's incorporate us both. Both, you know, they don't have, and they're like, you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're one of those. Like, I have been called a fundamentalist by the science side, right? Yeah. Because I incorporate the right. spiritual aspect of things. Right. And then I turn around yep. and I'm called. You're a, atheist. A, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, You're what would be the word? Yeah. 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 It's like, you like, are the devil. <laughs> devil incarnate sitting right in here. Oh, my exactly. word. Yeah. Why the yeah. accent? I'm still, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Alabama. He always, Alabama. every time he becomes another person, yeah, he it's his Alabama accent. accent. And yeah. I just yeah. make that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey there, Carrie. Yeah. Keep no. on going, bro. No. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. In her book, Rise, A Guide to Climbing Out of Betrayal Trauma, Missy Terrell details how she and hundreds of other women are climbing their way out of betrayal trauma and into a life of joy and purpose, regardless of the outcome of their marriage. Viewing sexual betrayal through the lens of trauma, Misty exposes the myths of sexual addiction held by many churches and mainstream circles. In terms that are easy to understand, she unravels the many complex layers that sex addiction and betrayal encompasses and offers hope for those who feel abandoned and rejected. Rise, a guide to climbing out of betrayal trauma is now available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. You can also visit the website risetoheal.com for more info. And yeah, so we're really polarized. And so, yeah, um, there's a lot of gray in the world. Oh, there is. And the Bible. Mostly, yeah. I feel like the whole gray. Bible is gray. I'm which just comes like, back to the legalism. Yep. It does. The black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. Which I want to make a point yeah. that because when we think of legalists, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. As Christians, we are always thinking of the fundies. Right? Yeah. We're like, right. but. Or I, the Pharisees. Or, the Pharisees, That's the Sadducees. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but. Legalism is in our DNA. Mm -hmm. And so a non-believing um, atheist can be just as legalistic yeah. as a, a Bible-beaten yeah. Baptist, right? right? Yeah. And then I, I think, especially since the pandemic, um, as a one who loves to bring peace to my environment— the biggest stressor for me since the pandemic has been trying to walk this line of like, use your brains, like, <laughs> like quit being so legalistic, mm -hmm. like uh, on, on all of it. Yeah. Like all oh, the I'm sides. I'm sure it's been right? so frustrating yeah. and angering for you. And you like 
want justice and I do I yeah. do have a justice streak in me yeah 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 that makes sense I mean it's just so important for um the church to recognize that we're made I and mean, it's not even if you want to use the I hate to overuse the word it's biblical but <laughs> it's safe here you can use that word but here. honestly it's not even a biblical view of the of God's creation when you're like you're a spiritual being and that's it. Like your problems are all spiritual. It's right. not just biblical. It's not biblical to have that mindset. What do you mean? Well, because if you study God's word, I mean, like the verse in Proverbs that a merry heart doeth good like medicine and mm-hmm. understanding how we're not just one entity. And so like looking at the the whole person. I see you're saying, yes. And yeah. I'm sorry to confuse you, but just looking no, at the okay. whole person that that our emotions affect our physical body and our physical yes. body affect our emotions mm-hmm. and our mental, yeah. you know, and and renewing the mind is different than retraining the brain. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, like being able to and to honor each of those areas and mm-hmm. give them equal weight yeah. and then use that in the recovery process for people yes. is so important. And churches aren't doing that. No. And they're not encouraging people to do that. Um, there, there are some, but yeah. Very rare. Very, very rare. Very, I, very rare. I was teaching at um, a leadership institute at our church, Abundant Life Leadership Institute. Yeah, yeah, And I was teaching the leaders... Uh, the spheres that you were talking about, mm-hmm. which would be an integrated holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So in, in Christian psychology, we'd call that bio, psycho, social, spiritual. Yeah. Right. The, f- mm-hmm. the, four, the four spheres areas. of being. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and they were eating it up. Like, oh. they loved it. You know, they're like, like oh, they yeah. never heard this before. No. Mm-mm. Oh, my word. No. Yeah. That just, it almost shocks my system. I shouldn't be <laughs> because I know, I know that that's the case. And I hear all this, the results of that is what I hear on my yeah. end is when people come to me and they just completely turn their back on their faith. And I even I had some things that I had to like work through and, and work through even forgiveness towards people who said things to me that just weren't right. And they weren't, they, they, because of that philosophy, the spiritual abuse, but, uh, but yes. So number one is, is Christians are not immune to, to mental health issues. Number two, Christians are not immune to both generational sin, but also genetics. I mean, things get passed down. And so it takes a great deal of awareness, especially with like the generational sin to see the patterns in your family lines and Mm -hmm. being bold enough to say it stops here and it stops now. I mean, I always tell my kids, we are doing this so clumsily. Um, Is that a word? Clumsily. Yeah, Yeah, that's a Uh, word. Okay, good. We're doing this. Google Chris. Is that a word? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we tell our kids we're doing this so clumsily, but we're stopping it. And I know you're going to take that and you're going to start moving the trajectory in a totally different way. You yeah. know, the but our job is we're, we got to stop it no matter how it looks. You know, it's not going to be a clean break and we're going to probably go back and forth a little bit. But just that's so important. But that takes yeah. so much awareness. That it takes really work to yeah. know what what patterns are even in our families. Um, um, and then number three, Christians are not immune to abuse, addiction, trauma. It's. I mean, we're we experience everything everyone else does. Yeah, and so we're in and a mental health crisis. The the importance of of acknowledging that yes. is 
the Galatians 5, 1 is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Exactly. Therefore, no longer be bound up, right? So, yeah. like, how do you experience freedom from something if you never acknowledge its existence? Right. If, for instance, we go back to Jim, right? Yeah. Never had to acknowledge the existence of these things, just right. pretending that it was all good. Mm-hmm. And so never really walking in the freedom that Christ provided until mm-hmm. that day he holds his hands up and you see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I have, I have a, this is related. <laughs> I'll get there, I think, but I think I have a question <laughs> of, so that th- I think you guys would know. So the brain chemistry and everything changes when this trauma happens. Right. I think you, you mentioned that earlier, Missy. Um, when the healing happens, does it change back or does it change? Oh, yeah. Again? The brain is so capable of healing itself. Dr. Curley could probably yeah. give us a lesson on that. But <laughs> well, yes, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, so, me neither, which is why, <laughs> which is why I mean, I, was I asking. basically I'm know like sure. the four main, and please, Dr. Curley, type <laughs> in whenever you want. But like the role of GABA, the role of dopamine, the role of serotonin, and epinephrine. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Like those, those are the things I kind of feel like I have a pretty good handle on. Good for um, you. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah. just know enough. I know yeah. enough to be able to say, hey, I know what that is supposed to do in your brain. And that I know there's medications that can help balance mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, and right. so, and even being a more holistic minded person, I am so an advocate for medications because sometimes like Dr. Corley knows you can't even always address depression if they they can't even function. Like sometimes they need medicine just to get to them a place of being mm-hmm. able to address their issues. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. um, and the same State with anxiety. Yeah. yeah, and it yeah. doesn't even have to be long-term, but just yeah. getting them on something to mm-hmm. like chill the brain out yeah. so that they can have a coherent thought and conversation yeah. right. is a legit thing. And so... Right. Personally, looking back at the state I was in, I probably could have used some of that. Um, Whether it was, yeah, just I think anxiety was probably because I experienced some pretty severe panic attacks, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes while I was driving and like calling 911. I mean, you know, so mine was more situational. Mm -hmm. Um, I never got to be where it was a chronic issue, but I definitely probably could have benefited from, from that just so that I could like, I mean, I I was I had no coherent thought for a yeah. long time. I mean, I struggled with work; it affected my work. Oh yeah, missing details yeah. and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so but you know, even that has such a stigma that you have to yeah. weed out. And especially in the church, if they're telling you you have a spiritual issue, you need to trust God more. You're right. be anxious for nothing. I heard a sermon. <laughs> Just the other day, that was recorded in February, and the pastor said, worry is sin. I mean, he just kept oh, wow. saying that, and I was just like, ah, oh, no, quit uh, telling people But that. it isn't, though. <laughs> Excuse me, it's not? <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's, so, the, well exactly. I, that's the debate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a valid question, it, yeah. Doug. Yeah, that is a valid question. So to go back to your brain question. Yeah, because uh, I had a point. I'll just finish my okay. point on that uh-huh. really quick. Oh, yeah. The point is that um, it is like the transformation your husband went through was obviously spiritual, but it was also then, of course, physical, physical. Mm-hmm, because very. you're literally changing yeah. your your um, 
their brain chemistry and, and your yeah. brain chemistry and all that yeah. stuff, which also then means that when the healing happens, it's physical as well as spiritual in yeah. that form. And so, um, which is in the Bible everywhere, yeah. right? Like, and I will tell we're, you, we're intertwined exactly um, everywhere. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things that um, I just wanted to kind of highlight it, uh, you mentioned it, but I wanted to like really underline it is that I think part of the issue is that I, I don't, I don't know that that's being understood or taught or anything. And so like, I don't think these pastors know that. I, I You know what I mean? I and, don't And they're know. not being taught. They're no, not, yeah, there's definitely not, not being taught. Yeah. No, well, there's no uh, neuroscience courses in seminary. <laughs> there should yeah. be though. Yeah. There should be um, some. Yeah. Just some foundational. Yeah. Outside of counseling departments right now, there's not. Yeah. And, and I, then I, I know that at Dallas Seminary and Dallas Seminary, I would say is one of the forerunners of the integrative yes, movement I agree in Christian with that. counseling. Mm -hmm. Rosemead School of Psychology, Wheaton would also be up there. Well, Central, um, where Lindsay is the director, <laughs> I know they teach. Yeah, uh, they teach this stuff. Yeah, well, in because in order to be licensed, uh, you, you have need to you need this course. So, yeah. um, all that to be said, uh, pastors, seminarians, no, they're not running up against that, but. Um, it's it's out there. It, I, this is me striking that balance because it's like yeah. it's out there now more than it ever has been, and that's a great that's a good thing, mm -hmm. you know. Sure. Um, and so I'm happy for that. Do we have a long road ahead of us? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's it's just yeah. hard for Christians to hear the Bible isn't all you need. I think that is a really hard thing for Christian. Like, wait, what? They start twitching, you mm -hmm. know. Like when we work with couples, like, no, like when I we're going back to Jim's brain healing. Mm -hmm. If he did not have the power of the Holy Spirit in him, he would never. He would tell you, I would have given up to do the physical and the emotional work it took to not just gain sobriety. Sobriety is just one piece of the pie of a sex addiction. He had to learn how to stop objectifying women. He mm -hmm. had to he had to get to the pain beneath the porn. Yeah. Like there is just so many layers. That's just yeah. what you see on the surface. You know, we always when we work with people, what you see is what you see. There's a whole iceberg underneath the tip. Um and so but so Jim will be very bold in saying, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would not have been able to do what I've needed to do. And and to to um have the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus infiltrate him because he could not look to me to have that fulfilled. I was checked out. I'm like, dude, I gotta work, I gotta work on my own self right now. And right, you right. just need to work on you. And then maybe there can be a we, but we will see. I mean, like yeah. there was just such strong boundaries. So he couldn't look to me to fulfill any part of him for quite a while. Yeah. And then and then we would do good. We would we would start to connect and then we'd go back into it was like a sine wave for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just ebb and flow, three steps forward, two steps back, three steps. And so we had to constantly see, oh, but remember we were a year ago. Yeah. We have moved forward because it would get confusing when you're yeah. living it day in and day out, like, and oh my word, I want to, to kill you. Generate that hope. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hope is speaking of medicine. Hope yeah. is the best. <laughs> Hope is the best medicine. So, particularly absolutely. when you're in a situation like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think people need to hear, regardless of what happens in your marriage, because let's just be real, they don't all work out. 
Correct. But there's yeah. still hope for you. There's Amen. still hope yeah. for me. There's still hope for my husband, even if we had parted ways. There's still hope for you to reconcile yourself to Christ and to find that complete healing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just always saw that. I, yeah. I really did. And so did Jim. We both like did not focus on our marriage. We just focused on our own relationship with the Lord and healing what was in us. And then when it came to be a good space for us, we were able to come together as two totally different people. Yeah. And it was like, Physically wow. Physically too, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. In all forms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we got just a little bit of time left here. Yeah. And uh, I want to put a put a bow on what you said and then open up if there's any like closing statements, right. that kind of thing. But, and I know we could, we could, maybe we'll have you back, you know, to talk I know, more. I, I'm <laughs> like, wait, I'm still warming up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, what I hear you saying is, yes, the American church is in a mental health crisis. And the number one thing that we can do about that is to teach our pastors and not just the mega church pastors, because those are few, right? There's un poquito. <laughs> there's not a lot of mega church pastors. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but there's a ton of small church pastors out there that have no idea what they're doing when it comes to counseling and to mental yeah. health. And yeah. so educating them because they're going to be the number one resource that they really are. That a lot of these people are going to is going to be a yeah. huge step in uh, in bringing uh, a resolution and help to this yeah. issue. Yeah. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, I, okay. well, I definitely agree with that. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't know how my role fits in that because I feel like I get all the people that are turned away or leave the church sure. because yeah. they've been so harmed. So I'm always educating yeah. the sheep. Yeah. I am educating the sheep, but somebody needs to educate the shepherds. Sure. <laughs> I and, love that. Yeah. <laughs> and that is so, good. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah. I don't feel Will like you that's, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Sister? That's not my role. I love being in the trenches and yeah. living life beside the hurt and mm -hmm. reminding them that that's not God's heart. Yeah. That's not God's character. And um, hopefully, letting them see and learn the love of Jesus through just walking through the muck with them. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Closing sentiments or statements. Um, I have, well, first of all, I wanted, I want listeners to remember that verse to be still and know that I am God. And that verse is actually to cease striving See striving and know, um, and that word know is yada, like to fully experience the heart of God through life. And that includes your doubts, your worry, your anger, and taking all of that to Jesus and just trusting the story, trusting the process. And uh, my one of my favorite verses, I could not memorize scripture when I was in full-blown trauma brain mode. I couldn't memorize anything. <laughs> but I could meditate on maybe a word or a phrase. Mm -hmm. And I loved Psalms 32, I called to you for help and you healed me. I called for help and you healed me. Mm -hmm. And I would say that all day long, every day, and I can promise you it's true. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the one you mentioned before was Psalm 46. 
Yes, the be yeah. still and know. Yep. Yeah. 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 I love I love the cease driving part. Yeah. Because I'm a go getter. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes to allow myself solidarity. The tenacity. And yeah, and just to chill. It's okay to be relaxed. And to and free. cease driving. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Okay, yeah. and then you. Uh, what's the name of the book again? It's, it's Rise: A Guide to Climbing Out of a Trail Trauma. It's on Amazon. Okay. Um, I also have a website, rise to heal.com mm-hmm. and uh, has our story on there. It has, uh, it has some links to our betrayal trauma recovery group, as well as my husband's sex addiction recovery group. Now his, my okay. group is open. His group is closed, but I believe they are on step 11. What does that mean uh, for those of people who have yeah. never been involved with the group before? That means my group will accept people all year round. You just reach out and we will just welcome you with open arms. It's a very extroverted group. <laughs> Not really. Okay. No, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Um, and then Jim's group is, um, he, there's eight men and it's closed, meaning it only opens certain times of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you'll just have to contact him and find out where they're at. And uh, they keep his group very small and intimate so that the men can really bond and feel safe with one another. Very cool. Yeah, it is cool. Very cool. Missy, thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me. Coming on the podcast. We loved yeah. having you. Yeah, thank you and, so much. Uh, you know, our vision is to have uh, many more uh, yeah. interviews. And so uh, if you had fun, We'd love to have you back. I had yeah. so much fun. I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. I was. I'll be I'll be honest. Because of these my, two guys? Yeah, they're real yeah. scary. Doug especially. <laughs> I know. <I'm> <laughs> imposing figure. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, join us next time for our next episode. And we'd love uh, to have you guys send us any questions or prayer requests uh, or just a word of encouragement. Uh, ask me anything at relaxedandfree.com. Until then, rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, and persist in prayer. Much love. At Lakewood Family Therapy, we aim to be your refuge in the storm. We're professional Christian counselors whose sole purpose is to bring healing to your family and hope for the future. If you'd like a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our professional counselors, you can call or text 816-663-9751 or head on over to our website, lwfamilytherapy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lakewood Family Therapy, where faith, family, and future is our number one priority. Relaxed and Free is a presentation of Lakewood Family Therapy. Catch up on other episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review. Every review honestly helps us bring you this content. Production and engineering led by Doug Bonebreak. Recording done by Chris Renfro. Stay relaxed and free. Let's not waste time. Take this slow. We've got miles behind us, but miles to go. So let's just break this down to the simplest truth. You and I as one will always be better than two.
better than 